Ladies and gentlemen, every other Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, it's poor news with the late breaking news when it matters most. The following, the following, the following. The following. Journey, into comic. journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 215. I am your host, Nate and holy shit, today joining me for the first time in so long, I genuinely can't remember. Welcome back to Journey into Comics. AP, how's it going? I'm doing good. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. Dude, you're the host with the most. How's it been? It's been good. Just busy. Life, I know you know very well that life's been busy the past month, but I'm definitely feeling it too. It, so much going on. It, interesting to note too, you're one of the few people on the network that juggle as many shows as I do. I, I mean, you really, and I and I, I, I hyped you last episode. I don't remember what, why, what I was hyping. I think it was because we just crossed the 365 days of Right, I think you hyped podcasting. everyone. You give a little bit of a shout to everyone. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one thing that's interesting to know about you is, like I said, you have four shows that your hands are in right now. I mean, yeah. adulting ain't easy. Mm-hmm. Foodies watching movies. Poor news and poor entertainment, which I do count as separate shows because you have to come from different brain spaces. Right. It's not like you can do the same show over and right. over. Right. I think it's and it's an audience. There, there's people that li- don't listen to both shows. Like obviously people on the network do, but like there are people who, like could care less about political news, and there are people who, like oh more entertainment stuff. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, you know, and it's interesting to note, man. You look at the stats, and I'm not like I try not to be a stats whore. Both those shows are equally good. Mm-hmm. Like people download them the equal amounts. So right. I think you've got something. It's it's something about you as a person. I think right. is easy to gravitate towards. Um, this first drink break. Do you want to take it over? It's brought to you by Poor News and Poor Entertainment. Thank you, AP. Poor News. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> Episode six tomorrow of Poor or yeah tomorrow when people are listening to this of Poor News. Uh, one thing I want to mention, and I don't know if we really discussed this, but you switched formats. I did. And you went from Poor Rapport, which mm-hmm. was something that I was very fond of. You did 50 episodes, amazingly, and put in a lot of work. You doubled down one week. I did. That's the only reason I got out of sync with podcast shows. Is I was like, I had enough content for two shows. Cool if I just do two double, like a double drop, and you're like... Yeah, whatever you whatever you want to do. Like, I mean, it's your show. I can't stop you. The only the, you know, uh, like one percent of me thought we'll just make it like a super long episode, extra dive deep. But then I was like, no, because if it's kind of two different things, which it was, it plays off each other nicely, and then people are like, oh, double content, shit, what's this about? Right? Because like I, I've never been able to be like I can't sit down and do like a three hour show with just me. I would just I would. I'd ramble. It's, it, I'd get I'd get lost. Man, rambling's fun though on podcasts. I think that's why I become right. a master of the ramble. Right. But like it's like when I said I don't watch podcast it's like half my work day. I'm just like I'm in Dick and Tyler's world. I'm like What's going on now? Like the, man, those guys Those guys they think of podcasts for days, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they just get they just have a good um conversations with each other because it's like they don't see each other often right so when they are unleashed upon each other's worlds they just like right i think their their level went way up once they uh stopped working together so i think it became a lot more what it became they didn't get all their energy out during the work day it was like it it kind of lighted a spark when they got on the show and i feel like now maybe they they almost rush to do a 3 hour show if that makes sense because they could probably do 6 hours right but they're like well we got to wrap it up the wives are going to get pissed we got work in the morning well, the you wives know, you know isn't that interesting we for a show the wives of podcastrophy oh my god <laughs> the real pod wives of jay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's happening. The real pod wives of JICN. Uh, it'll be it'll be Skylar, Miranda, Liz, Ashley, D- 
damn, that'd be an interesting show. Be an inter- it'd be interesting chemistry. They are all over the place as people. I, I do know. Right. I, I, do, I you know. I know them all on different levels, and uh, and then none of them know each other. They, really. No, 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 no. I mean, well, I'm Miranda and Skyler. Well, yeah, they trip, would. So they would have a good rapport, and it may, they, most likely they would lead the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it would be interesting to get Liz's different opinion jumping in there. And yeah, I think if we ever had a if we ever get our our big group gathering together and can get all of them in the same room that would be something to put on recording yes yes absolutely uh maybe someday we'll do that you know definitely get, we, we got a plan to get that big group gathering but we got to get everybody stopped doing big events like getting married and shit ap what's up with that that's coming around the corner yeah it's uh i know i was just thinking about it it's right uh, actually as of today as of recording day it's two months exactly which is terrifying dun 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 but exciting but terrifying so hey i listen to your show adulting ain't easy on the journey into comics network every other wednesday just cheap pop yeah uh i you just did your bachelor thing yeah i did my bachelor thing and then liz did her bachelorette thing last night as we're recording but well, I'm, I'm guessing we'll hear about liz's expeditions next episode of adulting ain't easy we will uh but to go back to your expedition, man, I got kind of Shanghai down of getting to be a part of the fun. Uh, my job, which is the casino dealing industry, offered me a a pretty unpassable offer, I guess you'd say. And uh, I worked a gig the Thursday that you guys went up to Wisconsin. And then the Saturday that you guys got back, which part of me was like man if i would have tried to do this i probably would have died literally but that's okay that i digress we had a show that saturday night though uh and i'm really bummed that i missed it but i'm glad you had a lot of fun it seemed like you guys just wild out and had a great time we did we got it a lot of it was uh, what i would call kids at heart activities like when obviously we're staying in the, at the dells we're in a water park which is a lot of fun and I then just spent all my time there bro we did spend a good chunk of time there i mean just in the water right enjoying it yeah i mean i had a blast and then we did uh some pretty awesome like indoor tactical laser tag which was pretty awesome you know we played with some kid like legit kids but hey hitting a hitting, like a 10 year old in the head with the headshot be like and then her mom coming out there going full tiger mom being like no i was like damn all right this is what we're doing now okay that's cool so you were full of battle mode we were that's great it was, it was it was it was a blast. I had a, I had a great time. Did an escape room, which was always fun. Oh my god, how did that go? It was good. It was a Harry Potter themed escape room, which okay. was different. Did you escape? We did. It was like the four of us, and we got through it. Talk about it. I've never done an escape room, and so, I've always wanted to. And you know, I feel like I'm like the big idiot in the world. Where if you could drop me in a real life video game, I would find some way to fuck up really quick and ruin the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's different because they'll just um obviously they'll. The whole thing is they put you in a room, and then there's a bunch of different clues or obstacles that you have to kind of figure your way out of it. I've done this will be my third, but the one I've actually successfully got out of. So wow, um, so one of the past they they usually have a different like theme. Like I've done one where it was a bank heist, so you had to break in, get the money, and get out within an hour. Because usually all of them are set to an hour, and it's a smart business because you don't need a lot of space. You just need like. Two rooms and then a lot of like cubby holes and things you can hide things and clues and all creativity that. Creativity as well. Right. Creativity and a small space. And I think it's better. I've done some with like bigger groups and it gets some people talking over each other and it just, you lose the whole point of it. But if you have a small group, you can figure things out easier because you're not, someone's not breathing down your neck like, hey, we got to do this or that. And you're like, you have the time and the patience to be like, oh, let's try this. And then it works and you move on and you can find secret passageways and other things that. And you get to kind of, you're all there together. It's not like someone over there is getting, moving on, and you're like, oh, we're all here now. Okay, let's. Let's jump forward. Right. Interesting, man. I, I want to try one of these escape rooms. I thought that it would be interesting to do like a superhero-themed escape room. I don't know if they exist. I'm There's probably one by now. Those things are popular enough. I don't know what the story would be. They could probably easily do an MCU-style one, like something to do with maybe getting in a Stark lab or getting out of Stark lab, there's uh the reactor's going to explode and you have to do something. There's, there's probably a, a theme out there and could do one with Ant-Man. There's, there's ideas. Oh yeah. Tons of places you could go in the MCU and do things. You could have like the throne room of uh black Panther and like have to figure a way out of that or something. I don't know. Right. Just riffing here. But, uh, so it's cool to know that you had a good time. 
Uh, we're here today to nerd out and talk about a bunch of shit, but I don't know where you want to start. Um, well, we were just talking about MCU. Let's stick with some MCU news. You sure. got anything to share on that? Oh, you know, MCU stuff, man. Uh, there, there are a lot of different places we can go on this because it's like as the clock kind of ticks into the end of the year now, people are starting to get impatient. The grounds are shifting. Right. You can feel the dust. Settling. I know. I know. I'm, I know one thing. <laughs> you're, you're really laid it on thick. I know one thing I'm really excited about is that Kevin Feige just announced that before the end of 2018, we will see an Avengers 4 trailer. And most likely that'll also include the title reveal. I can't imagine they drop the trailer without a title. It'd be hilarious if it was like, you know, the, the buildup. Avengers 4. Or it just, you know, says Avengers, and then you're ready to see the thing turn around, and then it turns, and it's like, we're not ready to tell you. It just, it just becomes redacted. <laughs> yes, or it, like, blurs completely off, and you're just like, you're like, huh? Or, even better, it's facing the wrong way, and it starts to turn, and it dusts. Like, no! We can't figure it out, Avengers. Just call it Avengers, I guess, is what we're going to end up having to go with. Uh, it's interesting to think about what the future of the MCU is going to be like on the other side of this movie. Yeah, there's, it's the climax of 10 years. Like they have to go in a different way because they can't, they've established a lot of building blocks and a lot of story directions. And we know Captain Marvel is going to blow the doors open of a more, I guess, uh, extraterrestrial cosmic cosmic. Definitely That's the better word you're looking for. Extraterrestrial <laughs> phone home. She's uh, a fucking alien. Uh, I don't know if you listened to last week's JIC, but they changed her origin. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it goes along with the. You said I think you said in the last episode that they released a new comic that's going to basically be her origin. Yeah, the life of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yes, correct. And uh, it you know more involves her mom and a power that's been inherited, and she's always been an alien or whatever, or part alien. Uh, I think that, it, and I wanted to bring this up on this week's episode because. To me, when you look at the MCU and what's coming, right? 22 movies, uh, 10 plus years, 11 years by the time it's all said and done. I mean, like literally 11 years to the year, right? So that's two movies a year every year average, okay? Marvel has to. I, I want you to think about the immense pressure that this entire company is under. They have to hit a guaranteed home run. Because, and I want you to think about this very genuinely, if this 11-year buildup goes to something that does not satisfy all or does not do it perfectly, whatever comes next is not going to be as cool because people are going to be like, well, I don't know if they can fix I mean, they didn't get it right with Infinity War 2 or whatever. Like, how? how why should I trust them to do the Secret War storyline right or whatever? Right. I don't know. I think one thing I think would be, I know we talked about like the trailer dropping, but I think it would just be hilarious if they just didn't give us anything. They just, the trailer is just showing, it's just the last minute of Avengers Infinity War and just be like, you know what's coming. And it's just like, the Avengers will return, dot, dot, dot. And then just the date of when they're coming. It's like, question mark. And then it's, and it's, Whatever was it May 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 third twenty nineteen then that's just the date and then it's just or just thirty second Super Bowl spot that's just May third twenty like it it just says it in the Avengers font and then it just and then like just the music the event like the Avengers theme you're like oh, I gotta see what they're gonna do dun, like dun, like, dun, dun, like we don't know who's in it dun, dun, dun. I love it it's so good it's so, so good just. Don't even give us anything. No, after credit scene in Catch Marvel, just be like, what are you waiting for? I don't know if you saw this or not. I want to bring, you were talking about MCU stuff. Uh, They, did you see the video, the side-by-side-by-sides of the moments that are happening of what's happening in Wakanda with Thanos, what's happening with Maria Hill and uh, Nick Fury, and then what's happening in Ant-Man? In time secession, right? I have not, but that sounds awesome. Okay, I, I will probably pull it up here in a second. I'll describe it first, and then I'll, I'll have you like riff so I can pull it up. But um, 
essentially the video is what's happening as the snap is happening, okay? And the and the everything crumbling. What's happening with uh the pl- the helicopter crash and all that. And then in Ant-Man, it's the it's just from the post credit. Oh. And I want to remark on this something that I want you to pay attention to when we watch. Notice that in Ant-Man and the Wasp, in the spot that they show on this clip, the amount of orange orbs that show up around Scott Lang and start flying sporadically as the snap happens. Oh. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So right. riff for a second. I'm gonna pull this up. Yeah, I think I don't. Know, I still I really need to rewatch Ant-Man and the Wasp because in that movie. It's in the Google Drive. It's in the Google Drive. I know. I need to. This, that movie, I think it's one of the only movies I think that come from the MCU that's really like a straight up comedy. That one was the rom- romantic comedy of what it was. It's just you, that's the movie you needed after Infinity War to kind of get you over that whole. Oh God, what's happening now? And it's like, oh, it's lap of lifting. And after credits, you're like, oh, that's right. We're still in the MCU. This is what's happening now. But. I'm excited. Like the one thing that we'll need to talk about too is the fact that we're gonna have to get a Spider-Man trailer before Infinity War comes out. Otherwise, they're gonna there's only two months between the two without any further context. So I think they have to somehow prepare a trailer in a way that is spoiler-free enough to hype you for that movie without giving any post-Infinity War tease. So. We'll just see kind of what shakes from that, but I don't know. Don't you love when you're on the internet and you're trying to find some shit you easily found a day ago and, and now all of a sudden it's impossible to find? That's the world you're in right now? Yeah, so that's exactly what's happening. Uh, I'm going to just have to go to comic comicbook.com. Shout out to them. They always hook us up with the right. the sources. Sometimes they're clickbaity a little bit, but that's just the nature of that kind of site. But they do have good information. They do, and they, de- they definitely hit the nail on the head when it comes to like... Uh, finding out right of info oh that's what i'm gonna do well it's like we just talked about this before we recorded how uh there was a comicbook.com article about kevin feige on the status of deadpool in the snap and egg and you're like he's like well technically he was in the mcu at the time of the snap so presumably he's still alive like okay we know you know what's going on but you can't tell us so it's like well just fucking tell us just say it. Like I know there's no way any of that cast is in Infinity or in the fourth Avengers movie because of timing and logistics unless they really were cocky and were like, we're just going to put these people in the background anyway, which they could do. And they could have put them in, in the, the re, not the refilming, the, when they went back and shot more, just did their reshoots and they're tidying up and they're whatever their voiceover work they do over the top of some lines, but we'll kind of see. You know that's weird that you talk about the voiceover thing? Because that is a lost thing in movies. You know back in the day how often you would see like a terrible edit where some guy would be like, hey, you motherfucker, but then it, he but like he didn't say that. He was like, hey there, pal. But his, so his mouth moved weird? Did you like, right. like those old the, edits? Like when they do it, they have to edit for TV. Yes, ex- well, not, but not necessarily only that, though. Sometimes movies would have the actors go back right. and just change, like, one line of dialogue. We weren't quite happy with that one line. We're not going to reshoot right. the whole scene. It's just not noticeable if they do it, like, when they're, like, someone's walking away, so you never actually see their mouth moving, so they can say whatever they want, because they'll just be in a studio watching that film and, like, all right, now say the new line. Okay, and we got it. Like, one thing, there's a show I'm into now that has to do that a that it has to do it a lot because of sometimes they film on the beach and that is the good place, which is on NBC. Okay. Which is a, I don't know if you see it's on their thirties now. It's a very, it's probably one of the most innovative comedies on TV right now on a major broadcasting network because they have good place, the good place. It's, um, Ted Danson stars on it. It's, uh, it's basically the whole show takes place. The good place is a, what they call like a, the good version of an afterlife. And that there's a whole bunch of big twists and turns. Every season's gone in a different direction. And in the third season, they're now back on Earth. And it's this... Uh, but they do a lot of scenes at the beach. And they've had to do a lot of this... Uh, I think it's called ADR. When they do... when they have to, You have to record over your lines that you said 
on camera because there's so much background noise they have to drop that out and then have you re-say it and they'll put that back in because there's no way they can separate the two sounds. Correct, because the ocean crashing and shit's loud and that's a noise that just, uh, on a a scale you don't even recognize when you're in the moment, but these microphones pick shit up so well. Right, or you hear like the natural beach noise like birds and all that, like... There's so much stuff that you don't think about, like when you're actually there talking. But if someone's recording that, they'll pick it picks up every little bump and screech and water movement. That it's just it ruins the take. So you have to do this ADR, and you got to imagine those big budget movies where there's things exploding and in vehicles and all that extra external noise that you have to overcompensate for. There's probably a lot of ADR they do in those superhero movies. Yes, oh, absolutely. Explosions and fucking. Do you think that more time than we recognize, actors are just sitting behind microphones doing what we're doing, but for their movies, like watching the scene, going, "Okay, wait. I how did I say that again? Let me hear. It. Let me. Can I hear? Can I hear myself one time? Okay, that's my tone. Okay, cool. Now let me just reset. Well, it's it. like all this. All the times that. Uh... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is doing when he's inside the suit and he does just the head with like the the heads up display around him he's literally just in a booth like draped in black just saying his lines into a camera like he's not actually in that scene yes and like all that recording stuff so it's the same thing and same thing with like like in uh, Infinity War when Hulk was in the inside the Hulkbuster armor he was literally doing the same thing he was just not in that scene at all just Watching what was going on and be like, "That's those are my lines." That's it. Let me ha- let me just say, um, man, it's weird how acting works. Yeah, it's it's a whole different thing. I can't find it, bro. It's pissing me off. Uh, well, it's fine. We'll find it. We'll throw it up on the JIC Facebook. Yeah, page. we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. It's like that. Oh, it's like that. Only thing I did like about Infinity War is like how it looked almost cheesy with the uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Like almost, he looks just CGI'd in the background of that one scene in the Hulkbuster armor, like with the lid opened up. Yes, it just didn't look like it was actually like they just added that after the fact. Oh, you guys are screwed now. When, yeah, I was when like, Thor comes down. I was like, that looks so out of okay. Just all right. It's interesting to note that there was the big, the big spoiler that was the Hulkbuster, Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster armor pop vinyl. Did yeah. you know about that? Right, I saw it, and it was like it was a big, expensive thing, and then it's like, oh, maybe that's... No. It's not in the movie. But and, it, and it wasn't even... In, was not even a deleted scene. I don't think they even... No, it wasn't because included. it might be in the next movie. Oh, because they may have to redo some... There's a lot of things that could be happening, man. Well, they're it, playing with time. We know that. They are time playing with time. You know who else played with time? Doctor Strange. Deadpool. Oh, he did. Deadpool play with time. And uh, I, I mentioned this to you off air. Uh, we were talking about, because you'd said Kevin Feige and getting back on that train of thought, did the snap take out Deadpool? Uh, always not a part of it being so politically correct, right? So, I feel like Kevin Feige, if you watch him answer a question, okay, do me a favor. Let's just do some role play on okay. the podcast. I want you to be an interviewer, and I want you to ask me a question about the future of the MCU. And me as Kevin Feige, I'm going to try to answer politically, but I'm going to kind of explain to you what I think his thought process is while trying to also politically explain. Okay, so Kevin. Sure. You've been helming this massive sensation for 10 plus years now, ever since Iron Man did unspeakable business. Time out. He totally just stroked my ego. I love this. Continue. <laughs> now, you've been very hush-hush about what's happening post-Infinity War. We've seen a lot with what's going on with the snap and what characters aren't coming back. And we know that, like, well, say, we know uh, Chris Evans said he's done. He had his final scene on there. So we know he's not coming back. Can you speak more on that? Oh, sorry. I was just daydreaming about what's going to happen when... Uh, the Fox deal goes through and we get these characters. I know what's going to happen with everything because on the fucking mastermind, of course I know. Here's the deal. This is the thing. When Kevin Feige's getting these kind of things, you can tell he's off in a different fucking place because he's thinking, as long as I don't spoil the cool shit I have planned, it's going to be the coolest shit ever. Kevin Feige going all the way back. I mean, he has real built-in lineage in the history of comic book movies. He's attached to the first X-Men, dude. He was. He was just a regular producer, wasn't he? Correct. He He was a producer on then. Then he became an executive producer in two and three, I do believe, Mm -hmm. to some effect. Even back then, he was 
begging them to make it an interconnected universe, make it a bigger story, make it spinoffs where characters get their own time to shine and then come into an ensemble piece. They did not listen, right? So now, here we are 20-some-odd years later in the grand scheme of things. You know, uh, isn't that crazy that we're almost 20 years removed from X-Men? That's crazy. Um, we're just kids then. Yeah, but just to think about it, he he's full circle now. Because if Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4 pays off and he does this thing 22 movies deep, he, it's the biggest fuck you I told you so. And the next step on his door, think about this. The next step on his door is the platter. Here's the company that wouldn't let you do this. Now you get to have all the, your characters back. He's, it's like so, being shunned at the door and be like, then the door coming to you and be like, we don't need you. So what I'm saying is, the, all the different ways that Kevin Feige processes when people are asking him spoiler type questions or how he's going to try to be diplomatic and deflect them, he's not only doing that, he's actually, like in my mind, transcending and thinking, man, the payoff of this is going to be... like I can't, I can't even believe that the full circle has happened. Because to think, 22 movies, 10 years, you wrap up the biggest successful creation in cinematic history. I mean, the the biggest interconnected movie universe, I would think, right? Yeah. Can't be anything bigger. It's to my knowledge or is good in that in that definitely in the modern era. Uh so well, I mean even the old era though, right? Well, the old is era there... you could probably think of the old universal monster movies were a big interconnected universe. Yeah. But that's but that was a different time. This is definitely the in the last 50 years this has definitely been Absolutely, it it just it's it's so much bigger. It's right. bigger and bigger and bigger. It's definitely bigger in scope. So, like I said, just for him to go, okay, I've done this thing. I've had the payoff. Twenty two movies complete. Ten years later, and like I said, the first thing that's going to happen on the other side of this success is he's going to immediately have to officially, I say that officially with quotes, get to work on these new properties because. In all reality, he's already been to work on these properties. He knows. He knows it's going through. There's, he, def- there's definitely, at very least, a, a writing room turning oh, up story. Totally. And they're saying, okay, how do we get these guys in? What do we do if we do do this? Can we introduce anybody early and bring teasers for something in the future? I mean, you've listened to interviews with the two writers. They're like, they're, they are they were just in a writing room. Like, hey, welcome in. Hey, we got Spider-Man. Put him in. Like, they're ready. They just need the word. Like, they have they have the all the... I just want to see the whiteboards in the studio offices. Oh, man. <sighs> to just like, like even if they were in a room and they just like quick panned it and you're like freeze frame, freeze frame, freeze frame. Like what? There's all there's all these code words for different things. They just they don't want the janitor being like clean it up. But like huh. what, what's worse is all the code words are just all the DC characters. <laughs> <laughs> so it's super confusing. Why is Batwoman getting her own movie? What? What? And and then that's Namor's movie, and you don't even know. You're like, what the fuck? How's Batwoman Namor? I'm not sure how that translates. Me neither. There's a weird. He's like a uh, this giant like code wheel that's like like a decoder ring. Just yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got to like decipher it every time. Who do we say this was again? Oh fuck, I got this confused. Is this the Eternals? I'm not sure. Oh, the Eternals. Uh, I was getting back to something about Kevin Feige. Oh, 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 oh. so I thought about it, and I love this concept. Avengers 4 ends. The movie's over. We get our post-credit one, as I'm sure we'll get. But then there's going to be the deep post-credit, okay? I think the deep post-credit should just be a screen and whoever survives building, right? And it's like, it's literally five letters, okay? So, it'll be S-O-S dash rr reed richards saying the somehow this family is trapped and then of course they'll be like well where did the code come from we can trace it back oh well it's in this pocket dimension why do we get there we're gonna have to fucking use dr strange oh shit now we've built the relationship for dr strange and reed richards to work together building our illuminati into the future i mean there are huge wheels they can put into motion if they do this right I mean, that would be so nice. I, I just, I would love to see, especially now that the Fantastic Four comic is now brought back to life, you know that they're ready to start turning that 
turning that wheel again, bringing the first family of comics back into them. It's so much untapped money, bro. There are so many Fantastic Four fans. It's insane. Fantastic Four is just, like I said, they're the first family, the legacy. Right. I mean, Stanley's first creation, as it were. And they don't even need to, they don't need to do the origin. Just bring them out. Just do what they did with Spider-Man. Just, they're already the, they're already them. Things are already the thing. Let them be the thing. I've just, thought about that too. Another thing, if you're going to do anything about their origin at all, at all, Okay, here's my thought. Flashback? Not even PTSD. Make it a trigger. Almost how Tony had that trigger in Iron Man 3. It keeps hitting him, and it's it fucking stuns him, and Reed just can't get through his day because he's remembering the cosmic rays hitting him, and he's watching Sue essentially explode into bits because she's going invisible, and Johnny blowing up into fire, and you know these rocks just crushing his homie Ben to death. That would... That would be a really dark movie, but it'd be good. And then just like, it just fucking, it kills him, man. And that's what he's fighting for is to keep them safe. Right. So he's got to think even further ahead because he's seen what can happen. You just know? make him, just make him already established. Make him already married. Make, just give him, give him 10 years in their pocket universe. Then yes. pull, that they get pulled out of. Exactly. Like don't ever send him back to that pocket universe. Just pull him out and just no, just close that door. Would you like to introduce it? This is brought to you by the train of our existence. Yeah, always actually, showing up. It never sounds loud on when you're listening to it, but it's actually really loud it's in the room. It's really fucking loud, bro. I'm telling you. It's uh, like, I mean, the train track is literally like 20 footsteps from my backyard. So it's like, not far. But, like, but you hear it. And like You vaguely hear it when you listen to it. It's like, and that's train of our existence. You're like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> All my listeners think I'm crazy because I'm just like, <laughs> you're just hey, hearing whistle. goddamn train of our existence. Nate in seventy years, and we're sitting in a room. There's the train again. Nate, you're nowhere near a train. I'll just be rocking back and forth. Train kept rolling, oh, rolling God. down the line. Cannot wait for the next Avengers movie. <laughs> Avengers seventy years ten. <laughs> you know, like Avengers twenty. Cannot wait for the next episode of Sherlock. I wonder how long this will go. You know, like how long can you sustain the MCU successfully? Or how long Kevin Feige will stay associated with it? I don't think that matters at this point because I think he's built up enough people. He's, under he's him. made a well-oiled machine. He could he could walk away. Uh, yeah. Like, I if I was Warner Brothers, I would throw unfathomable amounts of money to pull him. Who knows? They got Brian Michael Bendis. They do. I mean, they've got Jim Lee. You know, I tell you, they're co- I still think their comics are. I, don't know, I like the. I think they have their comics figured out a lot more than they have their movies. Yeah, but you know what's crazy about DC? Beyond their comics, beyond their movies, thank you for the beautiful segue. Their television is bar none. Yeah. It's the best, man. So I've been teasing it, and I'm not going to really get crazy today because I don't want to spoil too much for you. Uh, I finally caught up on Titans. So I'm now three episodes in. Right. Holy shit, dude. Good. It is phenomenal, okay? It is a very brilliantly crafted story. From the jump, it digs its heels into you, and you want to know more. You want to understand how this is happening, right? The characters are interesting. The acting is really good. How they film it is brilliant. The music is not obnoxious. It just gives you a little bit of everything. It's grittier than Gotham. It's more vulgar than fucking almost Deadpool on some levels. I mean, Mm. it's very... Very gory and gritty in some spots, man. Uh, I mean, there's a dude who literally gets jellified from the inside out. It's fucking fucked up, bro. So, like, the whole thing about the show is, and I'll give you guys some non-spoiler review, as it were, of what's going on. Feel free to, if you have questions, I'll riff with you. But um, So... Essentially, Dick Grayson lives in Detroit now. He's a Detroit police officer. Okay. He has gotten away from Gotham. He's fucking had it. So he's just a 20-something now, right? Yeah. He's probably in his and mid-20s. he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. Okay. He gets assigned a new partner. He don't fucking care about her or trust her for that matter. He doesn't want anything to do with her. He doesn't want a partner. And everybody kind of keeps joking that it's because he's from Gotham. And, you know, his last partner was probably a freak or something. You know, like, you know, or whatever. So he's doing his own thing. Stories, whatever. He doesn't really have, like, like Robin's story is pretty basic to start. They do show him action sequency early on, and I'm sure you've seen, like, teasers and stuff of it. This alley fight. That was the trailer one. He the, lands. The infamous fuck Batman scene. 
which they cut completely different. Hmm. Because the way it actually happens is he lands in the alley, they draw their guns, and then they hear a noise, and they all look up, and they're like, it's Batman. And while they're all up looking at him, Robin just starts fucking taking dudes out, using the grappling hook, throwing his things. He's got his little baton thing that extends. So he's fucking hitting these dudes, and they, like, fall close, and he extends it in their faces and shoots them out and stuff. And the baton's not a was not a Dick Grayson tool, was it? Wasn't um, that a different Robin? I mean, Damien used it a little bit. I know. I think Jason Todd primarily used the baton. But they've kind of they've kind of they've brought some they've not enveloped. They've kind of pulled some. They kind of had to alter the lore a little bit because they really want Robin to shine. He's a great character, and totally the suit looks awesome from the pictures I saw. Yes, and that's another thing too. the The costume design on this show is fucking incredible. CW level, I would say better. I mean, just my humble opinion. I mean, I think it's right up there with the movies. That's that's kind of what I was going to get at. It's just shocking that they do the TV so well. Or in this instance, it's a streaming service. But they're doing it so well, but they can't seem to lock in how to get it right on the big screen. Hmm. Back to Titans, though. The thing that's interesting is, so Robin is just like, again, very mundane storyline. Nothing's really happening. But you also meet this girl named Rachel. And she's just this crazy this little girl, and she's sleeping when you meet her, and she's watching Dick Grayson's family fall to their death. Oh, and she's not watching it um, because she was there when it happened. She's watching it from now, reaching back into the past, which we don't know why yet, and viewing the events in real time and 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 feeling it and being there. Right, and oh. it's this like heavy thing. Uh, you quickly find out Rachel has a dark side, and it's in her reflection. It's like it's this like witch power that goes fucking crazy. So she's essentially a runaway. I won't spoil why or what happens there, but she runs off and ends up running into Dick. And she's like, this is not a coincidence. I just dreamed about you the other night, and then like you're here now. Everything that I've done, every decision I made without meaning to led me to you, and I never planned to go to you. Like My result was never, I must find this guy. I was just running, and it just so happened to be this way. So while this whole story is building, and you have these two characters who are becoming these like this cool thing where he kind of protects her, and there's this like beautiful camaraderie. There's this other character. I still don't know what her fucking name is, bro. I'm like three episodes in, and I don't think I've understood what name they're saying when they're talking about is the she character. A main character. She is a main character. Um, I know her in the comic form as Starfire, right? But they've not said Starfire or whatever. No, and whatever they're using as her human name or her normal name, I it just for some reason on the frequency I've had a hard time hearing. It. I need to really go back and like. It's a weird. To... It's it's not a. It's a weird name. Exactly. So she just wakes up in a car crash and has no idea who she is. She's searching for a girl. Wouldn't you know it? The girl is Rachel, hmm. but she doesn't know Rachel. She doesn't even know who she is. So she has to start tracing her path backwards, and things evolve, and her power is unleashed, and you get to see that. So essentially what they've been doing in the show is you're almost getting like chapters of each character's little individual arc, <coughs> and very much like your Game of Thrones and whatnot, you're jumping between once you've further developed the story. So is it kind of like how the first season of Heroes was? Did you, did you watch bit. Heroes? Yeah, oh fuck yeah. First season of Heroes is amazing. So like how it kind of it had to interest each character and then how they connected to each other. Exactly. And that's what it's doing brilliantly, right? So this thing is happening and then you get this just this at the very end of the first episode, nothing special, it's not a spoiler cuz you know it's going to sh- they're they're going to eventually have all these characters. There's this uh guard in a like video game store or maybe it's like just like a Best Buy or something. And he keeps hearing a noise. He's like, what the fuck? So he draws his gun and he walks towards where he's hearing the noise and he sees a giant tiger eating video games. What the fuck? So he like freaks out. The tiger runs off and the tiger is, turns out to be beast boy and he was stealing video. So games. he just eats them and then it stores them wherever. Yep, correct. Correct. So he, he's, he's, he's curbing, the... so, but they don't explain how he's going to do anything with anything. He, he's just completely his own little thing. So that's the thing. Second episode introduced Hawk and Dove. Their stories are very intertwined with each other, 
But Dove and Robin have an interesting story arc that they're building and they tell backstory of, right? So there's some lineage there that creates this bigger overarching thing. Hawk hates Robin, so there's some tension, you know? And there are reasons, and then things get more complicated. They are trying to save Raven, Raven, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I keep using their tight, their Teen Titans names. Um, and protect her. And this fucking crazy... It, it was awesome acting. It was one of the best. It's a family of four. They look totally normal. They're just like your everyday, like, Debbie Homemaker 1950s family. <laughs> They're playing Monopoly and being all nice and fair. And some dude knocks on their door and says, you're activated. And the dude's like, hey, kids, we're going on a family trip. Who's ready? And they all get injected with this blue stuff. Interesting. Yeah, here's the most interesting bit is that come to light... uh. <sighs> Uh, they want to kill Rachel, and they're hunting her. Mm. And the kids are evil as fuck, and the parents are even more evil. It, it's super dark and gritty. Uh, and then the third episode further evolves, brings some more characters together, further details. Uh, the show just does a really good job of getting you lost. Like I wasn't really certain when I first tried to watch Titans. I actually, took two attempts to watch the show to actually like. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm locked in. Like, I'll, let's do it. I'm fucking all about it. Uh, but I'm there, man. I think it's a show that if you have an opportunity to watch it, please do. Definitely. Does it? Uh, is it all the other CW molds of having a big bad that they've they're doing a slow reveal for, or is it still building the characters? Kinda. And what I mean by kinda is, it really comes down to uh, they are revealing a bigger presence. But you're not quite sure where the head of that snake lies because so many people are interested in Rachel because she has this really crazy power. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know about her powers or how to even control the power. And that's another interesting facet is the power taking over her and creating a new thing or whatever. But on the flip, total opposite side of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. everybody knows what her power can do and they all are interested. And I don't know if it's trying to harvest energy. There's one group of people that are trying to like, uh, say she's some biblical thing that they have to kill her and sacrifice her heart with the heart of a normal human for something to be complete and someone to be, it's really like, it's deep, man. I think you'll really dig it. It's a, it's a intense. I'm definitely forward to checking it out. And this is from, this is from Berlanti too, right? He's producing this show. Greg, move your head. Still has that same... Yep, at the end. But it seems like now that he has the ability to not make it necessarily TV-friendly, he can make it a little bit darker. Lots of fuck, lots of shit, lots of damage. Very adult. Uh, Some sex scenes already. Makes it darker than Arrow Season 1, for sure. Oh, blows Arrow Season 1 out of the water in in terms of darkness. I mean... Awesome. No fucking holds barred. They are foot on the throttle... 100% a hundred percent of the time. It's what ten episode season? You know, actually, I'm not sure how long it'll go. Um, I do know that episode four will introduce the Doom Patrol. <clears throat> we know that's getting a spinoff, and that's going to be a spinoff. Well, another thing that's interesting to note—I don't know if you guys know this or not—Batman has actually a character that is visibly seen, not as Batman, but as Bruce Wayne, but not from the like. It's always a silhouette from the back. Interesting. They always play on it. They never really reveal him. But they know he exists in this world. He does exist in this world, and he uh, is mostly existing in flashbacks for Dick. As when he was the Ward. Correct. And uh, interesting to note that the car that Dick still has to this day in the show is a car that when he first went to Bruce, he stole. (laughs) So that's a kind of clever Easter egg, sort of, to Batman Forever, right? Because that's what that Dick Grayson did. Um, only difference is this is a Porsche and it's not the Batmobile and, you know, he doesn't, you know, fight a circus clown bunch gang. of, bunch of black light painted, black light painted motherfucking ass motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Avengers forever. <laughs> is that where we're going? Right back to Avengers forever? Uh, no, we can, we can stay in, we can stay in CW world. How's Flash this season? I am only, I've been... I've been, as like we said, we've both been pretty busy. So I'm only one episode into the the main CW shows, except Legends, and I haven't seen Black Lightning yet. But Flash has been 
interesting start. Obviously, we know the big cliffhanger revealed future child. Mm, Nora Allen. Nora Allen, who's not from the comics. Because in the comics, their kids were the, they had the what, the Tornado Twins? Don and Don. So now this is... D-O-N and D-A-W-N. But there was a, another Nora, there was a Nora, another kid... From one of them that was named Nora, right? From the comics? Uh, maybe that was like the Bart's gr- daughter, possibly. I know it, the name came up later, but so it's very interesting because we're still... Because one thing that we've always known... I don't know if I should get spoiler with this or not. Sure. Because one thing that you know from... if you, It's not really a spoiler unless you haven't watched any of the seasons, but how the big thing that drove a lot of the show was the news article from the future that said Flash vanishes in crisis. Yes. Obviously alluding to the... Crisis uh, on Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. And one thing that Nora reveals in that episode is that she never met her father. At the age she is now, because she posts an article up that says twenty years later, still, or it's basically like twenty years later, still no Flash. Oh shit! So hold on, let me see if I get the MacGuffin just based on your little setup there. What you mean to tell me is for this season, essentially what they're saying is Nora Allen has never met Barry because Barry went vanishing before her birth or when well, she was very, she was very, 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 little. very young and she's not seen her father and he's still missing and she's trying to write that timeline wrong. She's wants to, she came back to, for one, see her father. That's why she came in last season to the wedding. And just to, to, big, to be a part of the experience from... right. As a speedster can. Right. And she want, doesn't want to go back, but she doesn't want to... She wants to see if her being involved here can save the future and have her father in her life. Ooh. So it's it's definitely a little of season two flat. Or... No. Oh, what season was that? Which one was the, the alternate timeline? Is that season two? Or three? Alternate timeline... When he when he when he goes back on does his mother's death to oh that's uh, Flashpoint season two okay so it's it's kind of it's like she wants to do that to herself Flashpoint started season three bro no 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 season two wait hold on timey wimey okay no t- oh Earth two was season Earth two was season two because the end of season one's cliffhanger ends with the portal opening and. Uh, right, fire. So it's so it's end of season. It is end of season two, start of season three. That is Flashpoint. Right. So I think it's so it's interesting because he's able to. It's very interesting because even though they've they're assuming parental roles of her, so it's a very interesting dynamic. We're getting a new version of Barry, a new version of Iris, because they have to be parental to her, even though they're her age right now. Essentially, that's fucking great. That's an interesting dynamic. Right, and it's very because like the one thing you don't get the whole time is that Nora is glued to Barry's hip from the beginning because before they reveal that, and has doesn't want anything really to do with her mom because her mom was there her whole life. It was just her and her mom because Barry was gone, and she she only thing she knew about Barry is because she worked in the Flash Museum, so only saw his greatness. So she always wanted to impress him, but Barry had to tell her it's like he showed her like season one stuff of him like falling off the Cosmic tre- treadmill, right? It's like saying like. We all started somewhere, like being the the run Nora run type story. Okay, so he's become Wells. He is. He even he even uses the Wells line of like feel the lightning because they uh, oh. at one point in the scene they vibrated a plane to go through it. Him, her, Kid Flash, and him were all on a plane. They all vibrated the frequency to make the plane go through a building so it wouldn't crash into it oh my god <laughs> yeah they went they went all in already so and there i think uh i don't know if kid flash is on legendary i haven't watched it but i think he's on flash for at least the next few episodes cool love kid flash. uh key and lions key and lionsdale yeah he's great uh but yeah, i'm i'm really excited i've seen all this stuff talking about the upcoming crossover bring in Batwoman, we've seen some pretty big... I'm going to sneeze live on the podcast, y'all. Sorry. Bless you. you. I think another one's coming, too. They always come in pairs. Fuck. Bro, it's the worst when sneezes happen. Right? 
Also, our uh, counterpart will be here shortly. Nice. I, I, I just got the text a few minutes ago. She should be here in like the next 10 minutes, I'd say. Awesome. So, we're, yeah, we're almost wrapped up here. Um, I, You know what? Here's something I don't talk about often that's interesting to bring up. I don't know if you do this. You kind of collect comics, right? I do. There's actually... Uh, I, I got into the... What I actually got into collecting was last year when they did the Dark Knight's Metal run. Batman Metal, yeah. That's when I got into it. Um, I like Scott Snyder. I liked Greg Capullo. I liked their run of New 52 Batman. And then they were doing this standalone. And I liked... So I'm not big on trying to jump in at a number. If I I want to be a completionist. Yeah. So if I knew if I tried to jump in at like... Oh, I'm not gonna get pick up Flash 24 because I'm gonna spend all my time getting Flash one through 23. Absolutely. That's why I can never jump in on like, oh, get Spider Man 310. No, I'm gonna want Spider Man one through 309, and that's an impossible task unless you're Nate who is good at that. I mean, it's, it's a, but it's a, but it's a process. It's like, a long process, bro, to read that many comics. It takes a long time, my brother. Another train of our existence. Oh, dude, they they come in threes and fours sometimes. Man. But it's like I, but I like getting it on these little mini series, the ones that are good. Episodes. That's why I'm like, I did all of Darkest Metal and all of the little spin outs they did of it, and then I did like uh, Doomsday Clock and like Heroes in Crisis. You actually probably have a couple Doomsday Clocks that I don't have. Um, I, I'm missing three issues technically. I have every issue, but you don't have the but, physical. No, no, no. I have every issue physical, and I'll show you. However, uh. At issue five, I only have the first cover. I, I have I've been collecting both covers for. Oh, each. yeah. So issue five, I only have the first cover. Issue six, I only have the first cover. Issue seven, I got the dope rare cover accidentally. Which one was the that cover? Rorschach punching the Joker in his fucking face. Oh. Uh, the alternate cover was the lantern. Oh, I I only get the I'm only collect the <clears throat> main cover. That's how Which I do it. Which is great. Those are fucking still amazing covers. Especially uh, with the Doomsday Clock, because they're, sometimes they're just not... They're very vague covers. Like, one was like a plate of pancakes, or it, a broken whiskey bottle, or a vodka bottle. It is 100% the most beautiful homage to the Watchmen. Like, they're doing it so well. I need to catch up reading. Actually, let's talk about that here for a minute. That's a thing. I'm glad you brought that up. You and I have plans. We do. Patreon plans. We want to resurrect something that hasn't been seen in a while. The Comic Club. Yes. And what we're going to do is probably like, what, one issue at a time? Do an, an episode per issue? And, yeah. And really just dive really deep into it. That way we can really um, chew on all the delicious, tasty bits of the comic. Yeah, I think once both our lives slow down a little bit, I think that's the plan is to probably at least get maybe one or two a month, at least for the yeah. foreseeable future. And maybe with a series, because I know Doomsday Clock is going to be wrapping up in... By summer, I think, of next year. Yeah, I mean... Because it was originally going to be like once a month, but they've had some... So they had, they had to make sure it was right before they got it out. So there have been some shifting of schedules. Yeah, and unintended setbacks cause it to be like we're only... We're just... Let's see, was it January of last year when it started? Uh, January 2018. Of this year, January of this year. And it, was well, supposed to wrap up in, and it was supposed to wrap up in December. <clears throat> it was technically December of 2017 uh, was when the first issue yeah, dropped. December. Because it was for the solicitation for January. Right. That's right. So it's almost a calendar year, and we're only seven issues in. So there's still five to go. So they got to put five more out. You know, maybe we get a double towards the end. Could be. You know, I know, I know Jeff Johns is busy. Jeff Johns is a busy dude, too. He produced Titans as well. He's on that. It's like, bro, slow down. Like, don't burn yourself out. He gonna have all that DC money give, before give, it's give done. Give Ben to something to do. Give. Yeah. Do you, let me ask you this question as a comic book collector. Do you, um, when you collect these books, how do you bag and board them? Do you have a particular kind of bag and board you like to use? Do you like it to be uniform? Do you really give a fuck? The one thing I found when I got into it that I like to stick with now is I there's a, a, a resealable bag. Okay. But I do a regular just standard bag and board do one board comic the resealable bags i don't like taping it because what if i want to read it again i'm not i'm not into like a not open there's some i haven't opened yet like alternate covers but if i want to read i don't want to have to peel tape off maybe ruin the bag i have to put another bag on it it's just and i have it in a nice comic box keep it all together okay that's the only one that annoyed me was batman dan because it wasn't a typical comic size you have uh i have 
and it, the the dong edition. I have the I have the you've the Batawang. S- you've seen the Batawang. I have seen the Batawang in print form. I'll never see that again. I only saw it digitally. Now, now you can't probably. No. On all future editions, and it's and it's. I think it's slowed down that release. I think Batman Damn Number Two is got pushed back because they were like, "All right, let's look at it again. Make sure there's nothing that can be nothing else. No phallic, seen. nothing." No Robin penis this time, just no cat pussy or <laughs> cat cow. <laughs> no pussy cat. <laughs> yeah, you know like, you really went. There's... Whoa, uh, ah. Catwoman like stepping on the shower. You're like, whoa. I mean, it's hot and all, but like we don't really need that in our Batman. It, you know. So that was just like it. It wasn't necessary. It totally unnecessary to the story. It did nothing for the story. It was just like, but it did. But it did everything for them. Because that little tiny nugget of time they put into drawing a bat dick, a bat wang, if you will. And it wasn't even like and it was in it was not it was just like a silhouette. They just it was in darkness. It was total silhouette, you know. It's like let's I, just I mean and sure he's a shower. I and get one, it. And one but... thing the big the big news was like, and Batman is circumcised. I'm like, okay, let's Sure. That's now news. Great. Yeah, no. Uh <laughs> I think it's funny that Batman gets almost tabloid recognition like he was getting married. Everybody's like, "Oh my god, Batman's getting married. Who's going to marry?" And then it's Catwoman and then that doesn't happen and then it's like There were so many big The oh my god, is he religious? He's not religious anymore. Batman's not religious. Like he gets that kind of coverage. He's not even a real person, dude. Because he's it's cuz it's Batman. He is still just a comic book character though. Yeah. And it's like I feel like I feel like it's interesting to note that we're this deep in history of comic book characters, and they've affected people to the mm-hmm. point where exactly what we're saying. But he's Batman, exactly. He's fucking Batman. Like so, no one wants you to alter their perception. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, especially as we're getting close, like Detective Comics one thousand is coming out another what year? Maybe we're yeah. in like we're in the nine eighties now. So year some and a point two. Maybe they run it bi-weekly still. What do you think about the? uh, Did you see the Mark Wade shit? Do you know about who Mark Wade is? I know the name. I'm trying to think of what came, what happened. Okay, so Mark Wade is a comic book creator, right? And he famously worked for Marvel, mostly. I think a little bit of DC as well in his career. He has been a part of a terrible movement called Comicsgate. Oh, I remember you talking to me about this. And or you talked about it on a on a podcast. I did. I did a whole uh, a whole episode about Comics Gate because I didn't know what the fuck it was, right? And the thing is, is he is being sued, essentially. Okay. And in being sued, he's like, Yeah, sure, I have money, but I don't have that kind of money to to fend off people who are trying to sue me over bogus defamation bullshit. Like Essentially, the comic skate people are trying to use him as a target to make it known if you diversify comic books, the crazy straight white man super nerd types that have sticks shoved deeply into their rectums <laughs> are are going to attack you and make it harder for you to be a person and live. And you're going to have to go through legal trouble and all this shit. It's ridiculous. He had to set up a GoFundMe to pay for his shit, dude. Oh, gosh. He, Mark Wade, okay, needs to raise like $75,000. For his legal defenses. That's crazy. I, I don't understand. Some people just... <clears throat> some people need something random to get upset about that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of themes. You know what I've noticed? And this is maybe a little bit of poor news talk. Whatever. You guys are going to be hearing it tomorrow anyways. Uh, one thing I've noticed is as there's been more pushback on the liberating of people's freedoms... Letting everybody have an equal voice, no matter what they love, believe in, look like, feel like, whatever, right? There are a couple of exemptions. You can't be a pedoist or whatever the fuck they call right. them. It's, uh, it's not cool. End of story. Right. Fucking little kids ain't cool. Right, definitely. Okay. But like the, but you're, you know, you're on the completely opposite of the spectrum, transgenders and bisexuals and homosexuals and, and, and everybody across the board, black, white, Asian, Mexican, Right. However you look at it, all deserves an opportunity to be represented. Definitely. And uh, I think as we've seen more of that representation, hey, representation, right? There's been like an equal pushback of crazy shit on the opposite side that just shows really childish people. You're getting entrenched people that are just not wanting to accept change. Like you saw this week alone, there's been... 
three crazy things involving people that are non-white, non-Christian, and yeah. non-Republican, I guess would you'd count one, or non-conservative. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's been a it's been a weird week because we've seen all of that within like seventy two hours, and you're like, people are getting a little extreme with their holding on to an old way of life. I guess right now the country feels like a um, giant cauldron that's about to bubble over. Yeah. You know? yeah, like the U.S. is a large melting pot, and I feel like there's thing so people are resisting the mix of a melting pot. Like people, it's supposed to be one. Cons- uh, think, think about our fucking ancestors and where we came from, bro. Right? How is it that hard to look at? And that's like the people. That's the thing that pisses me off. Maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but the one thing that gets me is people that go, "Well, they aren't slaves. They should just get over that slavery happened." No, that is not right. The thing that people don't understand is it's not about getting over that slavery happened. It's that there are people to this day that don't accept that it was a travesty. Right. At the core of it. Right. Like, they show the timetable of, like, all right, slavery was 400 years ago. But, equal like, equal rights of African Americans wasn't even 100 years ago. 50. Yeah. Like, it was, it's, that timetable, like, they were fighting for, to become more than a, a substandard person since 400 years ago like it's not like that's what that's more than what it's like if their parents or grandparents can remember a time when things were horrible yeah that's not something you can get over exactly and i just think that uh i I feel like like the southern states of america are maybe where a lot of our country the former confederacy our deep-rooted problems lie it's that almost subliminally that in in that whole culture, one thing we fucked up on Civil War times was not saying, okay, well, here's the deal. Like, you're going to be slaves now for having slaves and learn your lesson. So then the people that lost that war are bitter they lost, and that tradition gets passed on from generation to generation to generation. And guess what? Guess who gets hated on? It's not that the it's not that the white man was fighting the white man in the war, it's the black man's fault now, and then so see now the South has this whole like still very racially awful uh, way of looking at things. It it is not, it's not as awesome as you think in the South. I think some people might miss that. It's sometimes awkward to be down there. In, right, in, it's a in different. Situations. It's almost like there's not quite a, there's not a disconnect, but there's, it's almost like old habits die hard. Oh yeah. And tradition's impossible to right. break. I mean like, like there's things like you've been around, like we're from central Illinois. We like things your, things your grandparents would have said may not be okay now, but it wasn't, it wasn't ill meant. Like it's just a product of the time that exactly. they grew up in. It's not, there's people who. It's just like, oh, they were like, people call like certain things, things that like, something that now you'd be like, oh, whoa, 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 don't say that. But it, back then it was like, that's what it was. Not meaning anything bad by it, that's just the only the association they have. Correct. There's, they don't mean any malice, but there's people that still have very much have the negative, it's all still just as dark. Like, you really need to see that Black Klansman movie. That'll. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, have access to that. It's something I'm going to be checking really out really it's, soon. It's hard to watch at the very end, but it's it's definitely a movie that I think a lot of people should see. Because it shows, it's just like what we're talking about. How Based on a true story, right? Uh, loosely? Loosely. It's it's every every movie that's based on a true story. It's They have to cut some corners. But yeah, it's, it's still very much based on a thing that actually happened. I think that's funny to mention loosely based on. We were talking about that earlier off air about Venom. Oh, how it's loosely based on Venom comics. Which means it's not a Venom movie. If, <laughs> if it is not based entirely and drenched, right. entrenched in that story, it's not a Venom movie. I'll see it eventually. I'm not hyped on it. I've, I'm personally... Uh, I don't think it's going to be a movie that gets me excited for more Venom, but right. who knows? Well, it's like... But like, even if you look at the very bones of like, based on a true story, it's like, the very bones, this was a, a one point of true event. Like, if I made a movie about your life... I could go in a completely different direction and still say it's based on a true story because at one point 
it, it was, was your life. It was your life. But I could say like, well, then they ran for and became president. And like, then got well, hit by a bus. Like, still based on a true story. Doesn't mean it means that up to a point, it's actual truthful facts. But then it can go in its own little direction. Can I just say, three for a few. A f- yeah, it is a three for a three for on the trains of our existence. A few years ago, I would have said, I don't think I could run for president. I don't think that <laughs> I have the candor, the demeanor, the temperament. However, yes, I would love to announce my candidacy after I've turned 35 years of age. I will be running eventually. So look out for that, folks. Didn't you run for mayor? I ran for a city alderman, dude. Oh, that's right. And it was uh, different. It was one of the weirdest experiences of my life, honestly. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap this, bro. As always, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com where you get the Journey into Comics network and all the shows. Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Journey into Comics. Give us a dollar. Just one dollar. Hey, man, just one dollar. That's uh, Batman, the first Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he's up on the roof. Just one dollar, you know. Uh, you get early access and exclusive content, meaning that as soon as we're done recording this podcast, you're gonna have it in your ear holes as soon as I'm done editing it. Hopefully, soon we'll see. Uh, I think that is gonna do it. AP, thanks so much for coming back. Yeah, man. thanks for having me. I think I just love how this worked out. It was a very last month together, but it, I've had a lot of fun. Me too, bro. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, for Journey to Comics, this has been Journey to Comics 215. I'm Nate. And I'm AP. And as always, folks, take it easy and fill your brains with shit. Later.